The Will Cain Show podcast is presented by the Capital One Saver Card. Earn 4% cash back on dining and entertainment, 2% at grocery stores, and 1% on all of their purchases. Okay, like we said on the TV intro of this whole deal, we have Will Reeve with us today on the Rosillo Show. It's a Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Uh, this is an awesome time of year. You start cranking it up, hanging out with the family a little bit more. If you're a younger person, you're so excited to be back in your hometown it's the best on that the Wednesday year. when you're so cool because you have life figured out. You're the man. It's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> we have we have an off-campus place now. Yep, things are going pretty great. Uh, you get a little bit older. Maybe you met somebody. You're bringing her back to town for the first time or maybe even older than that, and you get divorced. And now you're just creepy and older and on the prowl. It's so full circle. You're back to the bar with everyone exactly. from high school. Exactly. So Wednesday before Thanksgiving is awesome. If you're watching on ESPN News, you're hanging out, you're waiting for the guest. If you're on the road today, you know, look, don't tweet and drive, but just let us know how you're doing because uh, this is going to be a hellish day. Are you flying out of the States? I mean, you don't have to tell us where you're going because you are an international man of mystery, Will Reeve, but you're out of here. 7 a.m. tomorrow. 7 a.m. tomorrow. Okay. Yes. All right. Because I... Uh, I'm not getting on an airplane, and I did it last year, and I, I remember I was like, do not get on a plane next Thanksgiving if you can avoid it. So, I, I could not avoid it, So I, but it's worth it, so it's all good. Speaking of divorce, the Kyrie Irving-LeBron James divorce. We'll get to Chip Kelly. We'll get to the college football rankings. We have Herm Edwards. we got Paul Pierce joining us. Uh, Bruce Feldman is going to talk about Chip Kelly's future. But the Kyrie Irving-LeBron divorce was... It was late in the NBA offseason, but as far as NBA soap operas go, I still think it's the biggest one that we had of this past offseason. Is it the most obvious thing to say, still early in this season, that Kyrie is definitely the one in the divorce that went and got a personal trainer, is eating right, already met somebody when you thought you were in kind of that gray bumper area of not hanging out with someone else? Does he feel like he's winning this hands down? Yeah, and I think if he and LeBron go to the same hometown bar tonight, night before Thanksgiving, LeBron's going to be really upset when he sees who Kyrie walks in with. That's how it feels. They've won 16 in a row. They start 0-2, MVP talk. All of this could be ridiculous, and we could back and you know laugh at this whole thing. But what side did you take when it all went down? I, I took Kyrie's more out of curiosity than anything else. I'm not particularly aligned with Kyrie. I'm not even that big of a fan of his game. I enjoy watching him play, but I didn't think that he was going to be the guy. I thought that it was sort of foolish for him to to go elsewhere and, like, why not just win with LeBron? Although I did then think, oh, maybe he sees what's going on in Cleveland. And he knows if he gets out of there, he knows what's on the inside in Cleveland. He knows that if he goes to a place that has the right structure, the right players and right coaches around him, if he was able to get there, he knew that he could take on LeBron. Obviously, a lot of things had to fall into place, so... I took Kyrie's side just because I wanted to see what would happen. I love the drama that the NBA brings us all the time, and I thought this was the perfect setup for that. That actually surprised me because I don't think a lot of people took Kyrie's side. I think they looked at Kyrie as the guy that when he was younger, although I think it was unfair to look at his win totals right out of Duke because mm-hmm. that team was a bad team. And, and he was, was always hurt. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people say, hey, we've seen what you've done before, Kyrie, by yourself. It's only 20-plus wins. Um, accurate, but... To suggest that's who he'd be the rest of his career, you know, I don't know if it was... I think. Yeah, I don't know if that was fair because he himself became a a better player. But there were times where I thought, well, wait a minute, if you want to run this on your own, are are you good enough enough to go somewhere else where you immediately change the fortunes of that franchise? I only think there's five or six maybe total players like that in the league where this guy shows up and really no matter what your roster is, you're probably a playoff team. I didn't think he was that either. I'm with you on yeah, that. Yeah, I wasn't sure he was I that. Just was ex- I was on his side just because I wanted to see what would happen, and I'm very intrigued by what has happened so far. It is early. 
you know, yep. 18, 20 games in, doesn't really matter in the NBA, which we've all agreed the past couple of years doesn't start until the playoffs really begin. But it's fun. That like hurts. It's interesting. So this whole time I don't have to watch any of these games? No, you do. Okay. And I, I'm right there with you, man. I love the NBA. <laughs> I know I'm watching. I like. I'm right. watching Knicks clips on Monday night. It was, you know. Eh. You're but, a Knicks fan, though. Well, I'm a I'm a Porzingis fan, and I'm a Madison Square Garden fan. Like I am so Mr. Mecca. So what does regard. that mean? You'd root for the Nets if they were better? No, what? No, I'm, I'm just like, trying the to garden, the garden itself. Like yeah, I but, love the garden, and I feel like the mayor when I'm there. Not gonna lie. Okay, but when you <laughs> so. say when you say I'm a Porzingis fan after I ask you if you're a Knicks fan, and then you say the garden, it doesn't. Is that just <laughs> it wasn't a continuation? A endorsement of yeah, the Knicks. It, it didn't make me feel like you're a Knicks fan. Well, I've had nothing one. to root for, so I've yeah. been more of an NBA fan, but I've always felt like when the Knicks get good, I'm going to be able to say accurately and authentically that I've been rooting for them. I'm just not like living and dying with their results. Yeah, but you live in the city too, so you got to like. I got other stuff going you, on you, too. You're going to get away with it. You're going to get away with it, even though it's felt like a soft sell of your fan. Oh, dude, like I'm a huge Yankee fan, no lie, but then when they made their playoff run, that's when I went and bought the hat. And, like, that fit in. Like, I am a diehard Yankee fan. I go to regular season games in April, but, like, the hat came on in in October, and I felt a little weird about it, but then I was <laughs> in the your first Yankee hat? <laughs> in a while, yeah. yeah I'm not, see. I don't look good in hats, so. You don't look good in hats. No. That makes us feel better here on the show, because you started talking about Blake Shelton and how good-looking he was, and then some suggested that maybe you were one of the five most attractive men on campus. I heard it went a little differently. I was listening to the show yesterday. You guys left me off the list, which is fine. We never was a formal list, so don't feel left out. We haven't really, we haven't whittled it down yet. (laughs) Okay, so back to Kyrie. (laughs) It's time for Straight Talk Wireless. No, no, no. Straight Talk Wireless. Best phones, best networks, no contracts. I'm the one who asked you about being a Knicks fan. Will Reeve, the Rosillo Show, ESPN Radio. When Kyrie wanted to do this, I'll admit it, it felt misguided. It felt egotistical. It felt irrational. All of these things. Okay, here's Kyrie who's been to the finals three years in a row. They win a title, and it's more because of LeBron than it is you. And the reports that even after they won in 2016, and he hits that magical shot in Game 7 against the Warriors, that he wanted out then, I've heard both sides of this argument. And the LeBron argument is much like you would expect. The better player, the older uh, older person, the established guy, the big brother, is like, look, man, a lot of your stuff is because of me. And like any little brother who's pretty good at what he does, too, he goes, okay, thanks for everything, but I can also do this on my own. Now, is he doing it on his own, or is this 16 wins in a row a little fluky? Or is it Ainge putting together an amazing roster? Is it a great coach? You know what? It's all of those things right now, but Kyrie, 18 games into this season, is better positioned than I thought he would be when it was first announced that not just that he was going to the Celtics, but when he first said, I want out of here. I was on LeBron's side of the divorce. I'm not even saying that I've switched sides. It's just since the breakup, the X looks a lot better than I thought they were going to look. What did you think that the end result was going to be Kyrie? Best case scenario for him when he announced that he wanted to leave when it came out this summer. Well, some of the teams, he he wanted to go to Minnesota. So you figure, okay, Minnesota would have to switch some things around. How would that work? But that should still be a playoff team. If he went to Phoenix, I thought, okay, he'll score a ton of points. But, but they'll be irrelevant. Yeah, 40 other than wins. Him scoring 45 every other night. Yeah, I didn't think it would be MVP 16 in a row and fit in seamlessly. But what this really was, and, and, and Kyrie's interviews, Will, can drive me crazy sometimes because it's almost this approach to, like, let me oh, Me be. too. That first take thing, man, I could not And the stand. Spurs were the fourth team. That's right. So the Spurs, it would have all 
obviously it would have worked because it's San Antonio. <laughs> that would have been maybe better than the Warriors. Right. They'd be 17 and one. Right. But he is, it's a little cheesy at times when he talks about the book that he's writing day to day and his personal journey. And he's, he's an enlightened dude. Okay. Oh, he does. Oh, God. I didn't, that's, you're not into it. Is what you're <laughs> no, me. I'm okay. not into the book you're writing every day. Okay. So talk. So putting that aside, this really was somebody when he looked in the mirror and said, I need to go on this, this walkabout this NBA walkabout and figure out who I am and I can't do it with anybody else. And none of us ever like when any person says that about themselves. I need to go and, you know. Find myself. Yeah, right, right. Like, That's the kid who comes about? back to the bar the night before Thanksgiving. He's like, yeah, I've been doing a lot of traveling. I'm and- CEO. <laughs> I'm a CEO. Yeah, of what? what? Yeah. Of what exactly? I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, a media company? Like, what do you just like stuff we're in on Instagram? Tech? We're in <laughs> Yeah, we're uh, active Instagram account. We're in this space now that's just an un. What is it? It's untapped. It is untapped. We have potential. Kyrie, yeah. Kyrie's investment in himself is paying off, though. Is my point. It's paying yeah. off bigger dividends than I thought it would when he announced all this stuff this past summer. He's now the CEO of his own. He's the CEO of me. He's the yeah. He's the CEO of Kyrie Enterprises, and I suppose you should be buying stock in Kyrie right now because you are kind of in that world. I always have to check how we're talking about some guys because then all of a sudden you. I don't know if you'd be like, hey, I'm actually good friends with Kyrie or you just no. you, you you hang in some cool circles. I, I saw the appreciate that. photos. I appreciate that. Uh, the coolest circle I've hung in in a long time is the one I'm in right now with you. Oh, wow. This guy's so good at this. No wonder everybody likes you. Will Reeve all day today. Straight Talk Wireless, nationwide coverage on America's largest and most dependable 4G LTE networks. Chip Kelly reportedly met with UCLA. The details of that have switched a bit. And then, of course, he's already met with Florida where they came to meet him. One is the better job, one is the easier job. We'll discuss that next, Chip Kelly's future, because an announcement coming here soon. It's ESPN Radio. In life, there are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done. Starting his business out of a one-room office, Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. Now, there's a clear choice. Do you want a debater or a doer? Someone who can fix health care, who's done it, a guy who's unafraid of tough challenges, who has a track record creating jobs, who's taken on the NRA and won. That's Mike Bloomberg, a proven leader who can unite our country and get big things done. That's who can beat Trump. That's who we need in the White House. I'm Mike Bloomberg, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. An interesting creature inhabits the flat, arid plains of many an automobile dashboard. The bobblehead. It's most agreeable and will nod along to anything, despite having no brain function. But when the bobblehead hears how Geico not only saves people money, but also gives them access to licensed agents 24-7 online and over the phone, he'll nod even more vigorously, because he knows you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Easy, bobblehead, easy. You're going to get whiplash. Paul Pierce, top of hour number two, two Eastern. Paul Pierce, who has been incredible on television. We got Will Reeve with us all day today. Uh, different sports center hits that he's done. You've been traveling all season too, as well for college football. Yeah, lots of college football. The Will Reeve experience—that's what it's called. Best on one of the year. Center. Best one of the year. Hanging upside down out of the Sooner schooner before Oklahoma's game against Iowa State, which they lost, and I was the bad luck charm for that. But whatever. Have uh, the people in Norman 
said that to you? Uh, I said it before anyone else could. You know, you got to uh, mean hang it upside down. Like, so you know the Sooner Schooner, I the do. like covered wagon that's yeah. led out by horses. Yep. Um, a roughneck. That's their like spirit squad. All the dudes who go crazy. Yep. One of them dungarees. Hang- yeah, exactly. One of them hangs out the back of the schooner as it makes a lap around the field. And there's a guy in the thing holding on to your legs so you don't fall out. And they let me be the guy hanging upside down waving the flag. Those guys are all pretty strong, so I can't. Oh, imagine they're hardcore. Are. They're yeah. hardcore Oklahoma farm dudes. They were. Yeah. Uh, they were a lot of fun. They got paddles and stuff. They wear those yes. white overalls. Yep. Right. Okay. It was fun. That was that, the best one. But that was the best fun. one. I guess the other, the worst Will Reeve experience would be the Will Kane mail experience. <laughs> yeah, that's the. Uh, you get Will Kane's mail. Sometimes. I get Will Kane's mail. I get his tweets. I wouldn't mind getting his portfolio at the company either. Well, on behalf of our staff and him working with us a lot, we apologize for all that happening to you. The (laughs) Rosilla Show on ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Last year, over 3 million drivers switched to Progressive. Call or click today and find out if you could save. Apparently, Chip Kelly has a decision to make, and this decision comes soon here. The Florida Gators or the UCLA Bruins. Now, Florida met with him. They flew up, not to Connecticut, but New Hampshire met with him. And then there was another meeting that supposedly happened in L.A., but that wasn't the case. But UCLA has met with both of them. Uh, and that, I guess, was a meeting that they had with L.A. officials from UCLA, obviously, and that was yesterday. So I'd tell you Georgia, excuse me, Florida is the better job, but UCLA is the easier one. And I'm always amazed by how many of us would always go the easy way in life. And I think coaches and famous guys and people that are great at what they do in their field they actually don't think the way the most of us would think. Like most of us go, yeah, go to UCLA, you know, do that. LA, deal, get paid, right? yeah, chill, less not, pressure. Yeah, exactly. It's UCLA. You already, you know, you've already recruited. Because maybe he goes to Florida. Goes, it's the SEC. I want to see what happens. Get get me SEC guys running my stuff. Gainesville, better tradition. I mean, it's not even close, really. Um, at least modern tradition. But. I think Florida's more in play here than people think, is my, my whole point. I don't know what he's going to do. I haven't, I haven't, Bruce Film's going to come on a little bit later. He'll tell us. Yeah, he'll try to tell us here. But Florida's the better job. It just seems like so many people already have him at UCLA because they just think it's easier. And I'm telling you, coaches don't think that way. Do you think that not all of them? At least. we, whether it's the media or as fans, project our own interpretations of situations onto projected decision making from these guys like we're like oh he's probably going to go to ucla because it makes more sense like yeah, it makes more sense to you and me to go live in la and get paid a bunch of money to hang out in the sun in a low pressure environment where you're not expected to win right away but maybe to him it makes more sense to go and prove that he's better than nick saban in his mind and then prove to everybody else in florida yeah usually guys that are great at stuff they go i want that challenge i want to see what this is all about i mean he left oregon and he went to the nfl because he wanted to prove that he could do this thing in the nfl and he almost went to tampa before that and then backs out of the buccaneers job goes to the eagles he's got that bad ending there which ended up i think being really unfair and then the niners thing was an impossible situation i think there's probably part of chip that still wishes he could go back to the nfl but right now the premier job that's waiting for him is somewhere in college football but you're absolutely right like i've worked with guys in the past that Whenever we talk about NBA free agency or something, they just go, oh, I'd love to be down in Miami. Like, well, you would like it right. because it's warmer. No, they didn't come yeah, back. Right. We're talking <laughs> about LeBron James here. Like, what? It, LeBron James' requirements for his decision right. are a little bit more than the weather. He can take a private jet for the day to somewhere warm if he has a day off and really needs some sun, you know? What do you think is a better job? Do you think it's Florida or UCLA? I think it's Florida. Like, in terms of potential, immediate potential, and 
long-term potential. And just being in the SEC, the environment, it's better. I think that Chip Kelly, he's on track so far to have a Nick Saban-type career. Success in college, head to the NFL, less success, back to college for maybe a long run. I, that's that's where he's at right now, back to college for a long run, Saban style. Here's Mark Schlebaugh, ESPN.com, talking about the differences of fit for Chip Kelly. You know, I think Florida is a great opportunity for him. I think UCLA might be a better fit. I just think, you know, we saw what, what, how Jim McElwain and some others have kind of wilted in that spotlight down in Gainesville when it's the only show in town. And, and certainly there's a lot more freedom to be yourself and go places in L.A. because not everybody recognizes UCLA football coach. With Will Reeve today on the Rosillo Show on ESPN Radio, um, whatever way this goes, it, it's going to be, okay, if he goes to UCLA, it'll be, hey, it's the West Coast, it makes sense, he's already recruited all that area. And and I have I understand all of those things. That'll be a very easy roadmap to this whole deal. But if it's Florida, then we're just going to do the after the fact, oh, he went to the SEC. The sneaker thing is the reason I bring any of that stuff up. is because a lot of sneaker people have gone, well, he's been such a Nike guy. He owes Phil Knight. Yeah, that, that he wouldn't take the UCLA job. What, what, what are we talking about? Like, does he have his own shoe? Did I miss something here? He just loves the way that Air Maxes feel. Yeah, like the new sneakers app works for Chip Kelly. Oh, so what if that? <laughs> I would I would pay UCLA Jim Mora buyout money just to get the sneakers app to work. So, I, I it reminds me it reminds me of the Kevin Durant thing, and I'm just I'm just going to point this out. If Chip Kelly goes to Florida instead of UCLA, I have a hard time believing it's going to be because Chip was aligned with Phil Knight years ago. Okay? Or if he went to UCLA, he'd be like, I can't believe like he's not modeling for Nike anymore. Right. Okay? It's not like LeBron James switching over to like Yeah, Jesus, right. You right. Know? I, it's I, not I like, know. oh Chip Kelly, he's such a Nike guy. I never even thought of that until People started bringing it up. I didn't buy the Chip Kelly threes. You know, <laughs> now, what so, would those look like? Would those be dad shoes? No, they'd be no? they'd be awesome. Chip they'd be swagged cool out. Clothes. They'd be like cool. low profile squat. They'd shoes be like the Bob Craft ones. There are the Bob Craft ones. Yeah, Bob Craft would figure out a way. But the reason I bring up the sneaker thing is that I'll never forget, and this is total result based analysis, the best kind. Is people that said Durant wouldn't go to Golden State said he wouldn't go to Golden State because Nike would never want their number two guy in Durant behind LeBron to go and help Under Armour's clear number one guy. I don't even know who their number two guy is in the NBA. Baysmore. (laughs) It probably should be Baysmore. But then as soon as Durant went to Golden State, then the analysis was, and I kept track of you dudes who kept saying this, like, makes sense that Nike would want Durant to infringe upon the number one Under Armour guys. That's success. just needing an angle for a column. Dude said it. <laughs> you know who you are. So I don't know if it's going to be sneakers. I don't know if it's going to be recruiting base. If it's the Gators, it may just be, I want to see if this stuff works in the SEC. And if it's UCLA, everybody's going to go, he didn't want anything to do with the SEC. I, I have more of an open mind about him not worrying about the SEC stuff. Anyway, Rosillo Show with Will Reeve today. Reminding you to listen to all three hours of the show on your phone, on your ESPN app. It was the one thing, really, I think, from the College Football Committee rankings that happened last night that left a lot of us scratching your head. We'll ask Kirby Hokut about that change coming up next, right here on ESPN Radio. Nobody's trying to stop me. No, nothing is beyond me. I'm coming at you faster. No stopping what matters. Now that Human Resources VP Meg Ward has Kronos for HR, payroll, talent, and time, she's totally owning it at work. She even has her own hype song. I'm going to blow it up now. Hey, I'm going to 
my workforce is really diverse. You know, different hours, different skill sets, different pay grades. We're motivating and engaging the right people every step of the way. Kronos, HR solutions for the modern workforce. Learn more at kronos.com slash HR swagger. Paul Pierce to Eastern. Excited to talk some NBA with him. We'll read my co-host today on the Rosillo Show on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. I guess if you're trying to listen on Sirius XM 81, so you're probably not going to hear me say this unless we switch it over, but apparently there's a delay on the switchover, so we're trying to get that figured out at some point. If you maybe you're watching and you're afraid to get in the car a little bit later, but we should have that one figured out. Uh, speaking of college football, Kirby Hokut's going to be with us here in just a second, but want to follow up on a story that's still developing here. It's Kevin Sumlin, head coach at A&M. There were reports that he was going to be out after the season or maybe even out before that. Uh, a player on the team tweeted out about A&M, essentially the staff, hey, have some class. Like I can't believe how you're handling this. But as far as we know, someone's still the coach, and someone was asked about this in a teleconference today, and he said, quote, I haven't talked to Scott Woodward. That's the AD since Saturday. Haven't been any discussions about that. It's not like we haven't dealt with this since the spring. Our team has done a nice job focusing on games at hand, and we'll continue to do that. We've had that experience since the beginning of the year. So there you go. As that story develops, if we have more on it, we'll talk with Bruce Feldman about it, who's going to join us in the 3 o'clock hour about Chip Kelly. Kirby Hocutt from the playoff committee does join us now on the show, Penzo Performance Line. Start with that, Kirby. I mean, do you think someone should be out? I'm just kidding. Well, I'm kidding. Good afternoon. I, you know, ranking the top 25 teams is uh, plenty for the selection committee to focus on. Don't need to add to your plate. Did you think for a second that I was really asking you that? Because, I, I mean, you've, you've done it enough that you probably like, it's probably just Rosillo, but God, you might, there might have been a second where like, moment of panic. Jerk. Like, what is wrong with him? No, I, 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 uh, I've listened to you long enough. Okay. I, I know. All right. Thank you, Kirby. Um, let's, let's start, I think, with the thing that we had a reaction to. And I'll even admit myself, I go, wait a minute, why is Miami now? I had at Clemson, and then I woke up today and I go, all right, well, maybe it's a little bit more understandable. So help us understand it. Those at least minutes after the rankings came out were confused to how the jump of the Canes over Clemson. Well, I, I, you know, I think it's important to say that we, we start each week uh, with a, a full review of how a team has performed over the course of the season. So every week a team has a chance to strengthen the resume uh, or certain resumes or, or weaken uh, in a particular um, Saturday. Um, Miami's a team that, you know, has continued to protect their undefeated record and did so against a, a Virginia team last weekend. Um, in that game, faced certain uh, adversity. You know, got down 14 early, got down 14 in the second half, uh, had the the uh, characteristics of, of a team that uh, was able to come out in, in a convincing win at, at the end. Um, over the past three weeks, Miami has continued to uh, progress in the eyes of the selection committee. And I think we've been very patient, you know, with, with Miami, very aware of what happened early in the season to them with uh, the loss of games. And so we've, we've wanted to see Miami continue to take those steps. And they had a chance to strengthen their resume this past weekend against Virginia. They did, um, taking nothing away from, from Clemson. I, I would say they did not lessen their resume at all. But, you know, you do have the Syracuse loss there. Uh, Miami beat Syracuse. So all those things uh, said, we gave the edge to Miami at that number two spot this week. What is the decision-making process like? Because when you look at the just the, the raw data, the numbers surrounding Clemson and Miami, by almost every metric, 
Clemson comes out ahead of Miami. And of course, enough has been said about how they're going to settle it on the field later on this season. But what's it like in the room with you on the committee, everyone in the room, what type of convincing has to go on to get Miami to jump Clemson when Clemson plays an FCS school and, and Miami has a bit of a tough time against Virginia? What's the what's the vibe in the room? Well, it, that's a great question and, and one that I think uh, has has proven why the CFP selection committee uh, works. That uh, we thirteen subjective individuals sit around that table each week to debate to discuss uh, these rankings. And and what's different than uh, any previous system in college football is, is we're watching these games. We are watching how these teams uh, perform each and every week. And as we all know, college football is not a consistent product week in and week out. These teams are, you know, uh, up and down. And, and so it's it's that subjective analysis uh, by 13 individuals. But more than anything, um, watching how these teams perform on the, the field each and every week. So, you know, um, the debate is always different related to these teams about what they do uh, each each particular weekend. So, you know, again, it, it was the way that Miami performed against uh, um, a Virginia team uh, gave them the edge this this particular week. We're talking with Kirby Hillcutt again from the playoff committee. UCF fans extremely frustrated, ten and zero, only move up one spot to thirteen. What's the argument against UCF? Well, UCF is a very talented football team, one that uh, we have spent considerable time in our committee meetings talking about. You know, their their offensive efficiency is uh, very impressive. They um, are scoring a, a lot of points. They're impressive in, in doing that. Um, you know, as, as you go through, and, and we've done this as a selection committee in our room, we, we've talked in detail about the the level of opposition that they've played this year. Have they faced a, a truly great defense yet uh, on their schedule uh, to to um, perform at this level? You know, we, we've we've looked at their opponents, and you know, you you talk about um, you know three and eight Cincinnati, three and eight East Carolina, uh, three and eight Connecticut, five and six Temple. So it, it's the question of the schedule, um, and and could they? Uh, have this same type of success against a, a stronger schedule. So yet again, a, a talented team, one that that we continue to be impressed with, and we have two more opportunities to to watch them play, and we look forward to doing that. Just to correct myself here, UCF now fifteenth in your rankings, up three spots. AP jumped up only one. They're fifteenth in yeah. the College Football Playoff Selection Committee rankings. Yes, sir. How much t- are you dedicating? Truly dedicating equal time to all of these schools, or around this time of year when it's really crunch time and and the the rankings are shaken out to their finality are you spending a lot more time and energy not only in the decision making process in the room over the weekend but actually watching the games with a more keen interest for the top four top six maybe top eight around this time of year or are you truly giving everybody equal time we're truly giving everybody equal time. I think people would be uh, really surprised if if they could listen into uh, our our meetings. And you know, we're spending as much time um, on teams twelve through twenty five as we do teams one through eleven, uh, because we know how important this is. We know how important it is to the young men who play this game. We know how important it is to the livelihood of of the, the, the men who coach this game and, and everybody that's associated with it and, and to the universities uh, that that compete. So uh, we, we spend um, as much time 
on um, you know the the lower third part of our bracket as we do one through four. So um, yeah, when we walk out of that room, we we have to be confident that we got one through twenty five right because we know it's just as important to teams twenty three, twenty four, and twenty five. Hey, Kirby, enjoy your Thanksgiving, man. We always appreciate the time you have for us on the show. I know Will Kane was upset, but he's going to be live on First Take tomorrow from your high school. Believe it or not, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I will be watching, and happy Thanksgiving, guys. All right, awesome. Okay. That's Kirby Hook on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Pennzoil Synthetics, taking synthetic motor oil performance to a whole new level. Make the switch to Pennzoil Synthetics today. I liked his answer on UCF. I know it's really frustrating for UCF fans. You're 9-0, and but your schedule isn't good, and if this is about a national championship, I mean, what is it? If you were if you were eleventh, would you feel better? But when, whenever I hear kind of that, what about the small guy argument? You just you wouldn't be in this position if you were one of those other conferences. I, there, there's absolutely no debate in my eyes. There, yeah, their strength of schedule is going to be like ninety seventh or something like that. And, so all uh, I will say though for UCF, the Will Reeve experience down in Orlando, yes, yes, was sick. The spirit splash. <laughs> I was wearing a tank top, Rosillo style. In the middle of their pool on homecoming, caught a duck. It was awesome. <laughs> I love that you got that in. And as Rudy's looking at me, he would go, "Well, usually Rasilla gets kind of annoyed." With, you know, he's like, "No, keep doing that all day. Anytime we mention the school that you've had the Will Reeve experience at, jump in immediately and cut me off." I was a Clemson cheerleader week one. We'll get the rest of that story maybe coming up here, but it's maybe the biggest public image turnaround. And it's happening right in front of us. And it's hard for us to come up with somebody more recent that's had this kind of turnaround. We'll tell you who that is right here on The Rosillo Show. You're listening to ESPN Radio. And now another edition of Obvious News from Geico. Obvious News! Experts now say that wearing more clothes in the winter will, in fact, help you be warmer. We asked cold victim Trent Patterson about this, and here's what he said. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. I I was a little cold, put on a sweater, then wasn't cold. I was like, what? Also in obvious news, Geico makes it easy to save money and easy to reach them with licensed agents available around the clock. So switching is a really smart decision. That's obvious news from Geico. Will Reeve, my co-host, The Rosillo Show. Tweet us at Rosillo Show, com Twitter feed during the holidays. Um, you're going to show everybody, that the most important people in your life, just how thankful you are for them. With 1-800-Flowers.com, right now you can order 24 multicolored roses for only $24. To order, go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash ESPN. This A-Rod story isn't normally something that I would do, and even less so because I can't pronounce his ex-girlfriend's last name. You want to take a shot at this, Reeve? I think it's Wojcicki. Wojcicki. Okay, so Anne's uh, investment type, some cash, uh, and she dated A-Rod for a while. And if you look at the, just the pictures, you go, hmm, that's weird. That doesn't seem like the normal fit. But you know what? Sometimes people just want to try something different. You know how that single life is. So they dated for a while. It didn't work out. And uh, the mom just trashes A-Rod in this article. It's mean. Yeah. And Ann said, when I started dating Alex, my mom was like, quote, what's an A-Rod? I said, Mom, that's his name. Um, she goes, we couldn't go anywhere with A-Rod. If we went to Target to look for clothes for the kids, all of a sudden we'd be looking around and people would be saying, we just want a selfie with A-Rod. He can't cross Central Park. He has to take a cab. Um, you know, it will work better with J-Lo, but I think the most damning thing that she had said here, she goes, I liked him, quote, he's a very nice man. He came from a Hispanic family. We liked them. They were very sweet. He seemed to be genuinely in love with Anne, but right away I figured out this was a mismatch. He had no academic background. We couldn't have an intellectual conversation about anything. Um, apparently she says that they wouldn't go out on a yacht because A-Rod was worried about the baseball game, not being on a TV on the boat. She said, quote, 
He would park himself in front of a TV and watch baseball for 10 hours a day. I wish J-Lo all the luck in the world. Ouch! The one thing I take from this, I can't believe he still likes baseball that much. I can. He's such a baseball nerd, man, on on the Fox pregame show. He's, like, obsessed with baseball. But that means that's so – I'm so impressed by that. There are so many former athletes that I'll work with that are over it. Like, I'm out. This is a check. This is a paycheck. I have a name. I'll break some things down. Hit him in the mouth. Chestnut checkers. See you guys next season. Okay? Chestnut checkers. Just, they don't want to watch. And, like, my biggest takeaway is this this ex-girlfriend's mom is is ripping him in these features. This New Yorker. Was it a New Yorker magazine? Why were we like? putting a microphone, like a tape recorder, in, in the mom's face anyway? What does it matter? Well, I think it had more to do with her. Right. And it was a background, yeah, like, on, filler kind of stuff. And who, again, I can't. I Let's can't get go that. with Wojcicki. Wojcicki? I don't think it's that. I don't either, but I'm just trying out stuff, man. Oh, it's, I'm looking on Wikipedia. It's Wojcicki. Wojcicki. So you were closer. Okay, so you were closer. So A-Rod's ex-girlfriend, and look, he's with J-Lo now, so she didn't even care. She goes public kind of trashing him a little bit, not an intellectual, watches a lot of baseball. But here's the other thing. This is the thing I'm bearing here. Who else has had this kind of public turnaround? And he's celebrate. People are over it. They like A-Rod after feeling like he was probably the most despised athlete at one point in this country. I truly can't think about of anyone except for maybe someone like a rapper who started his career. Like I, like Snoop Dogg comes to mind, and that's sort of a tease for something we're going to get into with Snoop Dogg and me. Snoop Dogg's a good one. On. The, but the way like, he, he was a bad dude, and now he's doing cooking shows with Martha, Martha Stewart. But people kind of loved him the whole time. That's not a perfect comparison. No, but if you look at the hey, that guy Snoop Calvin Brodus, like who who's in court for like something serious here. That's coming from the back world of gangster rap is going to be doing a cooking show with Martha Stewart. People would have a hard time buying that twenty years ago, for for sure, right? And same with A Rod. Now, if you told people even five years ago, like A Rod's going to be beloved, he's going to be dating J Lo, he's going to go twelve and zero making picks on game day in his hometown of Miami. You'd be like, what? <laughs> it's true though. I think, I think you know what I think it is. I think it's a great sign of no matter what is going on. And I believe this. No matter what is happening, it's never as bad as you really think. Like Some things can be just flat-out horrible. But there's so many other things in life, the day-to-day. If you're still walking around, you're like, you know what? Other people are going to get over this. And A-Rod's sitting there with Katie Couric, and he's lying to her. And then he's doing this awful excuse. Like, he was so fake. And it was over and over and over again. And everyone's like, oh, we're done with this guy. And then he takes a little break, starts popping up on TV, does a great job on Fox. And everyone likes them. And maybe we just go, you know what, I don't want to be... Maybe it's a nice thing in the world that people go, you know what, I don't want to be mad anymore at somebody. Yeah, who has the time in their lives to get so worked up about their feelings about Alex Rodriguez? We did, though. I understand that. But, like, in the sports media, yeah, we're we're indignant. We are all Joe Morgan penning a letter to Baseball Hall of Fame voters saying, ban all PED users and Mitchell Report names from eligibility for the hall like we are all that guy in this in in sports media we care because it's sort of our job but as fans like there are things to care about and whether or not a rod is like your cup of tea like chill out he's he's entertaining now yeah i think i think it's a great story i I think he's good at what he does too like that helps if he was bad we would probably pile on he's really good at it like the all-star game when he did walk in the bases and interviewed everybody that is technically difficult television to do and he nailed it. Remember yeah, I, I, yeah, I do. And and I, you know, even if you don't like A Rod, I think his example 
can be a really good story. More college football, the future for Chip Kelly, Kevin Sumlin, what's going on there. But Paul Pierce, we're going to talk hoops and just about Paul Pierce with him next on ESPN Radio.